Well, welcome to another edition of Techman Talks Dynamics. Uh, we're joined today again by Jason. You've been asked to come back, which must be a good sign. Thanks. Um, we had we had some real good uh, figures, I think, on the CRM uh, video that we did, which was like a generally CRM right for your company or your business. So I think that was uh, that was positive. We assumed it would be, uh, but we've back today to really look at what's coming new in the, the product set. There's there's obviously several different um, versions or additions. How do you what do you class them as? I think Microsoft will say it's all becoming part of the power platform these days, but yeah. um, you've got your on-brand customer engagement apps, which is okay. CRM. The typical sales side, marketing yeah. side, et cetera. Yeah. And then you've got kind of your power platform components, which is like your apps, your portals, your power automate and all that kind of stuff. So for those people that haven't heard as much about the power platform, side of things i'm guessing that's the the tools are being given to really start linking all the dynamics and the microsoft the, the wider microsoft products so we can move data back and forth we can trigger things etc like yeah pretty much so it, it goes back to microsoft's view of um first party versus or third party apps so first party is the the dynamics 365 apps that microsoft have built and they have a good amount of functionality in the, to start off with. So Business Central is mm-hmm. a first-party app from yeah. Microsoft. Um, CRM, so sales, customer service, marketing, are first-party apps. Yeah. Whereas Power Platform aren't necessarily third-party apps. They're components to allow the likes of us at Techman, but also end users to build their own apps. So it's the technology that enables them to go and build third party, as such is what they, what Microsoft would call it. Um, but it's the power platform is the, the plugging the gaps that the first party apps don't do out of the box. So it gives you, it allows you as a user, maybe with your partner, I guess, from if, if you need that additional help. But if you're very technical, it's that idea of that low code where you get in, you can get some some additional functionality you're building with these power platform apps. Yes, essentially, yeah, absolutely, and and we're starting to see that more and more now in terms of the use of the the power platform across the estate. Again, it's the technology of CRM, but we are starting to see more NAV, Business Central, General Office three sixty five users starting to take advantage of the power platform. Okay, all right. Well, I know we've broken, or you've broken that down into the, those are the two areas. We're going to look at what's new in what we class as CRM, and then we'll have a look at what's coming in the Power Platform. Yep. So, okay, let's dive in then. So, CRM, um, as you've mentioned already, we've got uh, the sales engagement, you've got the marketing app, you've got customer services, the three big hitters, correct? Yes. And yep. that's what we'll probably focus on today. So, just a general overview, what are some of the, the highlights that you would say, and then we'll dive into maybe looking at what's in sales, what's in marketing, what's in customer service. So, I think if the first one we take... Um, Teams, obviously Teams has been the in thing, the in app from Microsoft over the past couple of years with how the world has been. Mm-hmm. Um, in CRM, whether you're across uh, a sales or customer service app as such, obviously you do activities, you say whether you've done a task, an appointment, etc. And on that appointment, of course, these days a lot of them are remote. So how many times are you going into Outlook these days and go and set an appointment, set a meeting, and you invite somebody and then you click the Teams button yeah. and it's a Teams meeting. Yeah. Um, in CRM, you've always been able to create an appointment that goes into Outlook, but there is no toggle that says, I want this to be a Teams meeting. Okay. So now there is going to be that toggle that says, this appointment is a Teams meeting. And even if you're using CRM day by day and you're looking at your appointments for the day, the week, etc., 
you can join that Teams meeting from okay. in, inside of Outlook, as, inside of CRM even as well. I, I, having used Teams huge amounts as we all have over the last years, I know it is annoying when you have to then jump from Teams back into Outlook to do something. So I guess if you can now do that in, in CRM, that's got to be a good thing. Those people that live in CRM and generate appointments, you would think for your sales team or your customer service team to speak to people, yeah. you want that in there. Okay, so that, that's nice. So I think that you would expect that to be a given um, now nowadays, and, and Microsoft have, have got that coming in. So you, um, you, you can join the meeting from CRM as well as create yes. the appointment? Okay. Yes. So you haven't got to jump around no, again. You haven't, got to jump, you haven't got to jump around. Okay. Um, activity list. So again, the same kind of area. You go into your timeline. Um, you want to, against an account, a contact, an opportunity, a case. You want to you add an activity and you'll go, I want to add a task, a phone call, etc. But depending on the components that you've got switched on from CRM, you see a lot of activities that nobody really ever uses so you've got alerts you've got conversations bots etc you got depends on what you've got turned on in the back end you see activities that a business will never use okay. and it frustrates you going well which one do i want and you could end up be scrolling down that activity list coming out in wave one is you can just set the activities that, rele- that are relevant okay so again it's it's more of a streamlining make the experience better it's not going to change your life, but it's certainly a. It, it's been an annoyance where you sit there going, "I wish I could just see what's relevant to me." Yeah. And I guess there's always the chance you click on something wrong because there's so many. You just you think you've clicked and you've clicked on the one below or above. Yeah, absolutely. So keeping that. Um, the other one, uh, more of a back end one that I'll cover next. So the form designer, um, they've always in the old days of CRM before it got to you made changes in perhaps. Dot com um, from a Microsoft backend point of view. You used to go into kind of settings, you used to go into your form designer and you used to change it in what they call the classic view. Mm-hmm. Um, that still has to happen today um, on some form changes purely because there's some features that aren't available in the Power Platform front end or back end as, as such. So things around like um, filtered lookups, applying business logic, business rules, some aspects of those features you can't you you haven't been able to do in the new designer experience um, that new kind of form designer experience in power apps as such um, for changing CRM is now coming so it's only a matter of time where Microsoft will say the old form designer is now going to be fully deprecated and this is the date that it will just go so it's getting a currently people of CRM old and CRM new have had the choice either way now it's a case of you've got to start to go down the, the, the power apps way of designing forms, etc. Um, so that's quite a good one because we've tried to force where possible here at Techman that we do just use kind of powerapps.com in the back end um, to, to make changes as such to the system. The other one, um, which is kind of linked to usability from a from a user point of view, on the front end point of view, opposed to the back end here, is is editable grids. So you you sit there and go on, uh, you click on accounts, you click on, and then you see your default view, which could be all accounts. It could be your accounts, your customers, your suppliers, etc. Contacts, same principle on the views. You can now um, in Wave One, you can see that list, which normally goes default to fifty. Again and then flick across the pages. It's getting to a level where you can just have a long list if you really wanted to. But at the same time on that list where you've got the account name, you've got maybe their postcode, their phone number, etc. 
a post actually clicking into the record to go and edit that record if something's updated, you can now go and do it on that view. Okay. So kind of ed true editable grids. And then the idea is inside of a form itself, if you put a subgrid in, so a little box as such that you've got that's pulling data from somewhere else in the system, you can also go and update that grid as well. So it's more kind of quicker ability to change data. So, I mean, those ones you've listed, all of them are really just, I don't want to trivialise it, but they're, they're, they're all a way of saving time. We haven't got to go from Teams into Outlook. You now can, you haven't got to click on a link to get the additional information you want. You haven't got to scroll or go onto a different page. Yes. So it's just, again, speeding everything up and making it more fluid. And that probably then goes to the last one of kind of the general um, updates. And it does link into marketing a little bit as well. Um, but this unified view of activity, as, as they've called it. So anyone that uses the marketing app um, will know that there is an insights tab that you can click on Jason, click insights as a different form, and I get the what has been emailed to me, what have I clicked on, what forms have I submitted, what pages have I gone on to. So I can see the experience, which is great. But the idea is I've got to actively and choose to click on that insights tab. Well, now in the timeline, you're going to be able to say, Jason was sent this email. Jason clicked on this web page. As well as you can see, Jay, you, you tracked an email, you've had a note, you've had a task, etc. You can now see that marketing kind of information of insights in the main timeline. So it's trying to centralize everything into one place. I mean, that was one that really caught my eye, um, you know, with the marketing team here. I know we use that. The customer yeah. journey is becoming so important as we, you know, probably historically look back and say, well, how did that customer end up a customer? Um, and, and, you know, if we're going to CRM myself, you've, you're right, you can see how a phone call was made and, and a visit's arranged, but you couldn't see without that extra click, and if maybe you weren't aware of it or you weren't as, didn't do it as frequently, you might forget it's there. You have yep. to go into Insights. I think that's fantastic that it's on the timeline. The, the customer journey, I know for us, is you know the core thing we, we want to take a look at to see what's working, what's not, what where are those clicks coming. So I think that's that's fantastic that now appears in the timeline. It's all that 360-degree view yeah, that, we, uh, that we talk about all the time, and there's always new stuff coming in. And absolutely. To, and, I, and I think from our point of view, we talk about especially in, in, the, in the new sales world, it's about kind of from a marketing content point of view and what people are doing. And the idea is to have that, some of that information in a, in a better centralised view yeah. is clearly going to improve the experience. And, and also, dare I say, for the salespeople that want life as simple as possible, and I can say that having been one, um, is that you can see that timeline and it's just there for you. You don't have to go clicking around the system to go find it. Yeah. No, fantastic. So those, those are the general big features that have come through. Yeah. Um, so let's break down into the individual different CRM apps for one of a better phrase. So the sales app, what, anything that, that's... So th there's, there's, a, there's a few things um, around kind of conversation intelligence and all that kind of stuff that, that keeps kind of getting more and more traction. But the one I'm going to focus on realistically is, is the sales mobile app for the phone, the tablet, etc., and from my point of view, uh, there's a couple of things that's, that's coming. The First of all, if you wanted to uh, try and link into CRM and your phone of you spoke to a contact, the idea is typically you'd have to go into your sales app, you'd have to find your contact, you'd then have to click the little phone call button and it would then trigger then to use your mobile phone to go and call it out using your standard network. No problem. You've still got to still put your notes in and stuff like that, what's happened. What Microsoft are trying to 
achieve now is they know that you're going to use your mobile and by default a user will go into their normal phone book on contacts find their contact click ring microsoft are finding a way to get that traditional way of the user using their phone to then push that into crm or pull that into crm to say well this phone call has happened okay. so you've got a little bit of integration between the standard phone use and the sales app as well from that point of view how exactly that's going to work still to be determined <laughs> um it, it makes sense that you know the amount of times as you said with the sales role people are in their car or people need to take a phone call at maybe slightly outside of normal working hours and you just pick that your mobile you find the, the contact then i guess if you hadn't gone through CRM to do it you've got to remember the day after or whenever when i go back in i've got to go to CRM. i made that phone call yep. which i get guess got forgotten more times than it, it, it happened. I would say so. So would th- this so. would be really neat because, again, that whole joining up every interaction that's happening with the customer, we don't have to do it manually now. Yeah, and, and the other one that's coming is is the Outlook integration. So kind of sending emails and, and the whole Outlook experience linked to the sales app. Again, Microsoft are looking to do some improvements there as well because traditionally right now you, you're sitting there going, I've got my Outlook app, I've got my sales app, but don't, they don't really talk to each other. So Microsoft are looking at ways to essentially improve that kind of the sending an email via the app, linking into Outlook, that kind of stuff. Again, it's a little bit loose right now on the whole how exactly we're going to see it work and what the first iteration will be. But from my point of view is that typically from a sales perspective, you are still out and about a little bit now, um, not maybe as much as you were, but to have that ability on your phone, um, to be able to, to have better integration between um, your phone plus the traditional Microsoft apps as well, clearly that's going to be a good thing as well. And the, 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 app, the improvements to the sales app, Microsoft are doing a lot over probably the past 6, 12 months now, and they continue to keep pushing it, whereas previously it was a, we gave you a sales app, but it wasn't very good. So I think Microsoft have recognised that the mobile experience still has some way to go on the improvement roadmap. Okay. Okay. Um, so I think I could carry on talking about sales, but I think probably next conscious of time, let's yeah, move we, on We've got a lot to get through, so we'd rather pick some highlights out for each of them, and then maybe if we delve into more detail, you know, come in podcast, that's, uh, that's the way to go. Okay, so that's sales. Marketing? So marketing, one of the, the big kind of buzz things that's been going on and talked about... Um, more recently is this whole um, orchestration piece of, of the marketing app, which essentially is real-time marketing. Um, so based uh, on, on a trigger, um, we're trying to get to a level where it's a piece of data changes in your in your CRM around a contact or a business that then a contact related to a segment. Well, then you should trigger them to be part of an email and a customer journey. Send something out the door. Don't wait on your marketing team to have to I'm now going to collect that together. I'm now going to send it out the door on a specific time period, etc. You get prepared. You have all that content ready. And based on that trigger, just change it of that contact, it sends them an email. Why, Why, for example, can't you say someone's been booked onto um, or booked in for a survey, depends on the type of business you are, or booked in for an appointment from a sales point of view, going, yeah, we, we're interested in coming out to see you. On that basis, that, that happening then the old on a second, I've had an appointment, it's been tagged as a new sales appointment, I'm gonna use 
kind of marketing orchestration and real-time marketing to go and send you a, hey, ahead of us coming to site, why don't you take a look at this? Yeah. Um, so it's trying to help give that content to the user in the right time, but also save some work from the marketing team. I have to go, I now need to do this. I now need to set this up. Yes, it creates some setup initially, but from my point of view, um, if you've got the base set up there, you can just run. I, you know, I, I'm really passionate about the marketing side and we use a lot of it here. It's the, it's the ex- most exciting bit for me when I see what's coming down. That That's great because to get appropriate, I think that's the, the word, you can get appropriate content in front of the, the customer at the right time is 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 really important. There's nothing. I, nothing frustrates me more than when I don't know you're buying something in your in, in your, your personal life, and and you, you're working with that company, and then they send you something that's so off the mark of what yep. you've been talking to them about. Yeah, yeah. They've got you on a mailing list. So you're going to get this whether you want it or not, and it just puts me off dealing with that company going forward. The, the best way I deal with the whole mar- marketing, real time marketing, etc., is is what we're used to in our personal lives, where we go on a, a, a a website, we've logged in, we've got an account and we're going to buy some clothes or some trainers or something consumer goods orientated and you put something in the basket but you know, do you know what? I'm not going to buy it because I might get a bit of jip at home about it. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that you, you go off, you ignore it, you leave it be but within five minutes you've got an email to say you've got something left in your basket. Do you want to check out? Do you really want to miss out the current free delivery that's due today? So again, that's real-time marketing, knowing that you're there, you've got something, I'm going to send you some communication to help you convert. Again, it's the, I go to Costa Coffee, I collect my beans, etc. I get to my eight beans or whatever it is. After my eight beans, I get a free drink. Yeah. I get my free drink, I've buzzed it, I've scanned it, I don't know, I've not paid attention if I've hit my beans. I get an email straight away going, congratulations, you've now got a free drink. It's real-time marketing, it's giving you good rich content to say hey look you've got something to, to to act on here as such so from our perspective it's it's hitting the right communication at the right time in a business world if someone in our b2b customers for example you sit there and go well how could i use it you sit there going i download a product fact sheet or product piece of information or or some content from that perspective i download it i download it Usually you get an automated email, thanks for the download, here's the link, go click. And then that's it. And then usually it's a, we've made a note that they've done, they give it a few days. And then someone follows going, how did you find that? And that's fine. CRM can give you an automated task and say, go follow up. But why wouldn't you then create a journey of three or four emails over the next three, four weeks about that particular product set or that range to keep them, keep going warm, to then get to a level that actually they're going to come to you and say they want to buy it or they want to do something with it opposed to you trying to say, oh, I'm not quite, pick up the phone and say, then I'm not quite ready yet. You keep drip feeding it automatically based on that rule. Again, real-time marketing, trying to drive things forward on a set of activities and actions. The next bit as well, it's very Microsoft-y from a marketing point of view, but again, I think it's quite cool, is the hyper-personalised next best content. So mouthful. Um, so what does that mean? Hyper-personalised next best content. Now, in the marketing app, you can obviously create your emails, but as part of your emails, as an example, um, you can create things like content blocks. So what you can have is based on a contact and their preferences of a contact, so they belong to 
manufacturing or building materials or food or whichever, whatever industry they belong to, or they're a particular type of buyer with a particular type of interest, you're going to send out some generic mails. But the idea is based on their preferences as an individual against stored against their contact record or their account record that they belong to, well, actually, I'm going to send them a content block, an image, a piece of information that I'm going to insert into the marketing app that's going to be relevant to that industry or that particular type of customer. Okay. So you don't have to go and set up loads of emails and loads of journeys. You're going to set up one big kind of journey and you're just going to be dynamic in your content box that gets used. Okay. Well, personalization for marketing generally is huge, isn't it? It's yes. very, very effective. So it's, it's great that the marketing app can do that. It's quite an interesting thing. So, And can that change depending on what interaction they're having in... So again, you could, obviously you can build your customer, you could build your customer journey out. And in case of, if they open that, or if they didn't open that email as such, um, then send them another email and push them that way. Because obviously you can create your whole journey on your, um, and your whole multiple set of actions on your customer journey. So you could, um, I would say, world your oyster a little bit with it at the moment in time. But I would also say with this, or kind of marketing orchestration, real-time marketing, it's still relatively new. So I still think people are finding their feet at this moment in time. Well, but th- best practice in that. Though. Yeah, but I think these kind of features that are coming out now, um, and also the ability to create calls to action back in CRM or with the customer through through real-time marketing to say, well, based on this, I think you should do this. Um, then that's going to help get better use cases. So I think a year ago, we were talking, oh, real-time marketing, Sounds lovely, but how am I going to use it? I think now we're starting to see additional features that give these um, these features a bit a better ability of business case use, especially with our customers as well. Some practical ways to actually go to market with yeah, with, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so the marketing side always always good to see what's coming. Um, I'm trying to now think how we can utilize that. I'm sure we will. Um, customer service, um, customer service. There, there's there's a few things going on with customer service there's a there's a whole load of admin stuff coming down the line in terms of managing the customer service function um that maybe we'll come into a different podcast in 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 a little while but the the one thing that's um come out um or is about to come out is some improved sla functionality so you've got some improved of how you can um display the slas within a case form etc um whether it was met or not met um, as text. It's been quite rigid in how it works to date, I think. Um, so there's been some flexibility around there. And then also the ability to, to manage kind of calendar schedules. So importing and exporting kind of holiday schedules and calendars of how SLA should should respond. So are, are people on holidays? the business shut down? Is it Christmas? Whatever it is. So there's going to become a little bit more flexibility around that kind of management of SLAs and exactly if an SLA should be ticking along if yeah. the business isn't working. That could be very uh, very time critical with the Queen's Jubilee coming up. This yes. Year. So we've yeah. got an extra absolutely. days bank holiday which might not have been built in. Yeah. Absol- absolutely. But again, that's just one example feature that's come out of, of uh, the customer service wave one release notes. I think customer service, though, with SLA, I mean, we obviously use uh, that for our help desk. Um, and, and SLAs are becoming more and more important. People want to, they don't just want you to put it in your marketing bump and say, yes, we'll respond within 
X, Y, and Z. They want proof that's happening. You know, when your account manager doing the visits, they want to see you've hit your SLAs. If there was a reason it didn't happen, what was the escalation? All of those things is really, really critical now to that the relationship you hold with the customer. Absolutely. And things like the email templates in terms of the communication that customers get in about their case. There's a there's a there's another feature update around email templates as well. Um, that, that's due to come into customer service. I think so that's important. Again, go back to real-time marketing. There's no reason why you can't close a case and send real, a, a lovely real-time marketing email to them with a request to fill in a survey. Yeah, yeah. Um, that can be achieved as well by just standard CRM, Power Automate, Cloud Flows, etc. Again, it's not then going back into the customer but journey thing on the yeah. marketing, the timeline that they've, they've they've appreciated that it's good. It's not so good. What do we need to do to make sure they're happy? Absolutely, it's a case of to what level as well. Do you want to um, make that content that you send them at the end of a case a little bit more, if you want to call it pretty? Obviously, you're down to creating HTML um, kind of emails in templates and stuff like that to date, which. People have done a little bit, but it still looks a bit plain. Mm. See if you're sending some type of, at the end of a case, and maybe it's been a critical case, saying we know how important this case has been to you, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, um, and how critical it's been. Well, why not send it in a little bit more of a pretty style? I guess is the simple way of putting it. But you could you you could use that. But at the same time, how many cases of those do you have? Marketing up is licensed based on contacts, so. How many times are you going to send that out a month? How many times are you going to eat through your allocation? So, but lots of capability available. I think it's good that the, as a supplier, you you know you, you're letting the customer know you know that was a critical case. This has been a big deal. It's not something we've just yeah we do ten of these a day. As if I if I was an end user, I, I think that was if it's done the right way, as you said, the communications right. That's quite a nice little feature to um, to act upon. So, yeah. well, uh, look, retention of customers for every organisation is is critical. Yeah. CRM historically has been bringing stuff into the funnel and, and new, winning new business. It's great to see that the the, the customer service side of it is continuing to uh, to improve all the way. Okay, so that, those are the, the core aspects around um, CRM. Yep. Power platform, that underlying technology we were talking about. So, what, what's what's grabbed your attention uh, with these? So, where do I start? Um, See anybody that reads the release notes will see that you see updates in Power Platform, and actually it applies to CRM. Sometimes you see updates in CRM, it applies to Power Platform. It's becoming very kind of intertwined with each other. Um, so this essentially does a, a, apply sometimes cross-function. But some of the key things that's come out of the Power Platform Wave One kind of release notes: tables, quickly creation of tables. So typically in the uh, I quit the back end you go in you create a solution you create a table you then start to add your your columns your fields um, in into that into that table um, first of all now it's a better easier quicker way to create tables you can just click create table then start basically in a, in line um, on the view start just adding your fields etc into that table or Quite fundamentally, you can build your table structure in Excel and import that into Power Platform, and that will create the table for you. That's been pretty good. I guess we're all, most people, I'm going to say all, most people are far more comfortable within Excel, especially if you're creating tables because it's one huge table. But Some rows and columns, but the idea is to have that as a structure and import that into the Power Platform and, hey, you've got a table. Um. 
that sounds very easy. It will be very easy <laughs> for someone like me um, that and the team that work with me. I must admit that also scares the heebie-jeebies out of me a little bit because little that bit of knowledge can be dangerous. Yeah, yeah, that feels like it's such a flexible and great tool, but also a very dangerous tool. So people need to tread with caution a little bit on there. And who has the ability to go start creating tables? That's an age-old problem, isn't it, with IT? It's a bit like SharePoint Teams. Before you know it, you've got a million teams and 25,000 channels in a team, and you yes. can't, it loses the impact that it was brought in to do. So, yes, some control and, and governance around that might be important. But Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, apps. So I'm just going to focus on Canvas app per se because, again, tables were linked to model-driven apps. But if I talk about kind of power apps and the Canvas app element, um, collaboration is becoming a big thing. So... With the whole Power Apps piece, it's always been a, um, you can just start to create a Canvas Power App front end, as we've called it before, um, and point that to CRM, Business Central, SharePoint, a data source, essentially. Um, the reality is, is that up to date now, people have just been going off and creating um, Power Apps, Canvas Apps, and then come back to business going, look, this is what I've got. Great, no problem at all. Ask for an update here, no problem at all. I'll, I'll give you an update. The reality is, is now kind of Canvas apps are are being thought about more heavily in terms of from a business point of view and how do I use it. The reality is, is the businesses and management are looking at, well, you need to collaborate with so-and-so in that team about how you work on those apps. So it's not just becoming a one person goes off and comes back, I've got this app today. Um, so now you can work side by side or you're going to be able to work side by side with each other. You can have the same Canvas app open and and a couple of people working on it at the same time. So again, speed, but also collaboration. Yeah. Um, commenting. So I talked about kind of last year in our customer days and things like this on, on Power Automate and Cloudflows, how you can start to stick comments against what it is that you've been configuring because Cloudflows with switches, conditions, and all this kind of stuff can get quite complicated. So trying to understand what the flow is doing as a snapshot is quite hard if it's quite long. So again, comments in pair ups, this is what this is doing, this is what this is designed to do. Again, it will help um, people understand exactly what trying to be achieved as well. And then source code and version history starting to become a, a bigger talked about kind of piece of um, consideration now. now it's always been a low code, no code, get going, deliver an app, away you go. Yeah. Now power apps are starting to go, well, I want this for health and safety, I want this for maintenance, I want this for non-conformance, and I've got all these apps starting to appear. Well, how do I manage it? What's the version history? When I want to update, who's, who's responsible for that? That's starting to become a big picture here. And how do you manage it? And in the Power Platform, we're starting to get some tools available that's going to help that because... Otherwise, you're going to sit there and have 10 versions of health and safety and yeah. what am I using? Okay, so again, the products are maturing. When you start to get those tools, those features within them, because they've been successful, you need the extra yes. control around them. Don't yes, we? So, okay. uh, and again, I think as well, whilst the products and the tools are maturing, and they've still got a way to go, don't get me yeah. wrong, um, I think businesses also have to mature in their approach to them as well because it can't just be a... Power Platform is like, we'll plug the gap where a first-party app doesn't fit. Yeah. But as a case of, am I putting it into one big 
app or splitting into different apps, who's controlling those. So there's got to be a level of management here and we're working with customers about how they best manage and who takes control of it. It's no different to having a, a CRM or a ERP system and having key users, super users, admin users, having some level of kind of governance over it and that's going to be important. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So uh, where do you want to go now? You've got Portal, Power Automate? Uh, let's go portal. So a few things on portal. Support for forms and lists in portals. That's been an outstanding A. Why can't we have that? That's now coming. We've seen more people use portal. Obviously, they, they've been around for what seems like forever. I think the, the COVID outbreak and people being remote and having to get information themselves makes um, a lot of sense to have a portal. Are you seeing end users yes. utilise that? Uh, so we, we're seeing the use of kind of authenticated portals where people have to log in. So a bit like our customer portal. Um, so you've got to log in and access information. So we've got one going on for a, a charity that's got a f- kind of uh, up to a few hundred users using it on a daily basis. Um, we've got also customers just using it from a page view point of view where they're filling in a, 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 a essentially a product return form and saying it's got a failure or an issue with it. And we're then validating that data back into CRM to create a case but also taking and creating an API to say, well, is that a valid serial or batch number from Business Central? And if it's not, it flags up in CRM on the case going, customers give the wrong information here. We can't progress this case until customers give the right information. So we're starting to see use of both sides of portal in terms of page view unauthenticated. You don't need to log in to do something with it versus the, I need to log in to see my data and interact with my experience with whoever I'm working with. Um, so I think portals are really starting to take off. Yeah. Um, and it's great because um, I think we're at a level where older days were used to things like traditional ADX studio and portal. It was all still a bit complex at that point in time. Now, don't get me wrong, they're still your gotchas now. But I think because it layers on top quite nicely onto the Dynamics 365 first-party apps, then I think we're getting to a level where portals are becoming an easier route to market. I think the other thing as well, uploading images and files when submitting data from an end user point of view, um, that's now going to be supported slash available in, in wave one okay. as well. So again, that's been a, I could really, I could, yeah, I could really do with that. I could really do with you submitting some, some data. So I want to submit a product failure or a yeah. request form. Send me an image of what's wrong with it. I want you to submit an image. So opposed to, and I don't need, I want you to log in to do that. I want you to just fill in a form in give me an image so again that's going to help so that's that's some highlights from portal um some really good highlights from portal i think then into power automate again power automate is it's i I can't name a day that goes by where where someone in techman isn't talking to the 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 crm power platform team about power automate how can I use it with BC? How can I use this it with is CRM? Work, if we talk about Power Automate, it is a workflow tool it that is. links with other bits. It is, yeah. and it's a case of what do you want Power Automate to do? The workflow, robotic process automation, if you want to be on brand with Microsoft. Yes. Um, but the idea is a workflow tool. It's an automation tool. So how do I get data from here to here? How do I get data from here inside of CRM, inside of BC? Um, from... Our point of view is a case of who, one big thing now is a case of who runs these cloud flows. These cloud flows have to be owned by something to run. Um, now with Wave 1, Microsoft doing what they can to try and promote service accounts to run these. So 
opposed to Liam, individual yeah, yeah. named users, or Jason. Yeah. If if we left the business, well, that flow just stops, doesn't it? If we our Office three sixty five account just gets cancelled or yeah. shut down, so the promotion of service accounts is being made easier. I'm not saying every gotcha is going to be overcome, but promoting that as much as possible from wave one is good. And then um, the OData connector, again, without getting too technical on this call, um, people that are writing and, and doing connectors with OData for data integration um, and pushing data from one place to another, you in Power Automate, you've had to know kind of the syntaxes quite well um, to be able to write it, I'd say efficiently, is probably the best way of putting it. Now they're starting to... Um, make that easier as kind of drop downs and lookups of what I'm, I'm choosing. Um, so it's trying to make it easier for the yeah, the less go, technical. You don't do it every single day. The low code, yeah. no code kind of concept. That why can't a, a less technical user try and be able to pick up some close? So that technology is like becoming more accessible. Yeah, well, I know it's not it's, it's not click click done. It, but you still need to have the knowledge. Yeah. But it's it's giving you that a uh, bit of a help. Absolutely and. I would say that this is the starting point to make it easier. Clearly, from day one in wave one, it's it's not going to go all the all the way. But here, we're we're starting to make it easier to understand some of the technicalities that happen under the hood, as such. Okay. Okay. So, um, conscious of the time, we've got uh, virtual agents and AI builder, I think, left. So let's let's fly through these. I'm, I'm pretty sure we can do. Uh, look at some of the, like other podcasts based purely on some of these individual segments. So maybe that's something to come back to. But let's, let's jump in with virtual agents. Yeah, so virtual agents. So this is kind of like chats on websites and bots and things yeah. like that. So um, we're starting to see some good uptake on that across our customer base and, and some good interest as well. The, the one um, big thing for me is you put your chat on your website, you put some bots in and, and try and take some information to stop the human having to do the typical question and answer, what's your name, what you're talking about today. What it's going to start to deliver in wave one is uh, the boss going to know what pages you've been on. So if you're on a page about a particular product or a particular type of service, etc., the idea is going, oh, how can I help you about kind of using account management with uh, CRM okay. that might be on our website, for example. How can I use, uh, you want to know about um using uh, sales efficiencies because you've been on the CRM sales-based or the marketing, real-time marketing, it gets, it's time to help you and start a conversation in the right areas is what it's trying to do. So, a bit more intelligent. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and other chat systems do have that functionality. I think Microsoft are having to catch up a little bit with typically the, the best-of-breed kind of chat systems as such, but it's good that that functionality is coming in because, of course, that's going to link directly into chats and omni-channel inside of CRM. So that's that's a good feature. Absolutely. The other one is, is AI Builder. AI Builder, it, it's, it's, it's that canvas where you sit there going, well, I, I want to create some artificial intelligence. Where do I start? But it, it's one of those where they're giving more features to make it easier and give you business case of how to do it. So AI Builder has got a template in there around like taking purchase invoice data from an external tool and making sense of it and giving it to a table or so, or some type of system. Um, the idea, and that's for us in the business central world. You've got things like Continia as an example that does things like that. So you wouldn't necessarily use AI Builder instead, but when you've got other systems that you're trying to get data into. It's a case of someone sent you a contract information or a letter or some 
formatted information that you've asked a customer to fill out or a supplier to fill out and you want to put that data inside a CRM for supplier management as such, you can use AI Builder to basically now start to read unstructured data. So AI Builder and these tools were always good at OCRing structured data. Now it's getting to a level that the tool can start to be configured to read unstructured data. So you don't know where certain things are going to fit in, but you know that you're going to look out for something to fill these fields in inside of a table somewhere. So that's going to be quite powerful when it comes to AI Builder moving forward. One of the big things for CRM is a an email comes in, goes into a queue in CRM, and yes, you've got routing rules of where that case goes and where who it should go to, but before it gets to that, what type of case should it be? So opposed to just looking at the standard find me where this word, uh, product issue, failure, proof of delivery, etc., and look for those key words like standard CRM can be configured to do with Power Automate, why doesn't AI Builder scan the whole email, look at the look at the rules that you've got, and then decide where it goes from there on it? So, yes, it almost gives you some context to the history that's happened in the last few minutes. Right? Absolutely. So it's, it's, it's not just looking for keywords, it's looking at the content of the whole email to decide which which we where we should go. Again. So again, that's where Power Platform and CRM is starting to kind of be very intertwined with each other. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the final one, Power BI. Loads of updates on Power BI across Pro and Premium and things like that. And and you've got, again, I mentioned governance before on Power Apps. They're, they're starting to create in, improved governance on the workspaces that you get in Power BI you're going to get improved integration and use of, of um, reports inside of Teams. As usual, we're seeing lots of improvements yeah. of how things can be used inside of Teams. And then things like improved slice and navigation of how you're building your, and your data, data and your dashboards and your reports and things like that. So there's a whole kind of improvement list on the whole Power BI kind of front as well, which could easily fill another podcast. Yeah. But you can see that, yeah, as a short, we've got, it's, it's keeping up is, is, is a challenge, but. Which is why we do these podcasts. It's also pretty exciting, the, the pace of change and improvement that CRM and Power Platform are, are bringing to the table. Absolutely. I mean, th- thank you, first and foremost, for, for highlighting some of those. I, we talk about AI, artificial intelligence, and all that type of stuff, and, and the bots on the site. When they work and they're useful to you, they're really good. When they don't, there's nothing more frustrating as an end user having to deal with them. Agreed. So the better those tools become um, for us to, to provide good solutions for our customers and their customers, I think that's only obviously, of course, going to be a, a good thing. So, okay. Well, as you said, Jase, I had a scan through the uh, the release notes. Um, I'm glad you were here to go into a bit more detail. Um, I didn't misinterpret anything that way. So um, I hope uh, that we'll, well, I know we'll see you soon. The CRM business goes from strength to strength at Techman now. It's, it's great to see that team growing and the customer base as well. Um so if anybody is interested in that from a, from you know doing more or getting started, you're the, the best person to contact from, from that point of view, aren't you? Within, yeah, within no, the organization. yeah, absolutely. Even if you from a contact um, from a sales or a customer service point of view, I'm happy to work with those guys to get on a call and and discuss how the CRM apps or the Power Platform functionality can be a benefit to to um, address any challenges that the guys have got. So um, absolutely, I'm happy to be involved in any any conversations I want. Clearly, this is a, a mode of transport from Microsoft that isn't going away, and I think it definitely solves challenges and problems for, for people that 
um, we've never had before, essentially. Okay, well, I hope anyone who's listens as anyone listening has found uh, this useful. If you're also a uh, D365 Business Central user, we've done a, a similar podcast around the Wave 1 release for 2022 that's uh, up already on our site, so feel free to check that one out as well. But uh, apart from that, Jace, thanks for joining us. And no uh, to everyone who's listening, I thank you for joining us as well, and I hope it's been informative. And we'll catch you again soon on another edition of Tech on Talks Dynamics. <laughs>